Moines. The PSAs you hear on Miller & Condon and iHeartMedia Des Moines are presented in part by Nick Mick. We take care of our own. Now, here's Miller & Condon. Live from the DraftKings Sportsbook at Wild Rose Studios, this is 1460 KXNO. 24-hour sports anywhere in the world on iHeartRadio. This is 1460 KXNO. Hi, welcome back in the 11 o'clock hour. Miller & Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. Momentarily, we'll hear from Jeff Hughes to bearsblog.com. Take a look at the finale on Sunday, Rams and the Bears, uh, followed by Ted Glover from the Daily Norseman, Broncos and the Vikings will do battle up in the Twin Cities. Bama Trent and I will go around college football, give some barbecue away, a busy final hour of the week. Jeff, thanks for coming on. How are you, Jeff Hughes? You know, I'm doing okay, guys. Disappointing season to this point, but uh, we trek along. Indeed we do. So what do we make of that Lions win from last week? I thought Trubisky's second half might have been... You know, as good as second half's couple of those throws, um, I think you would admit maybe two of the better throws he's made all year, which shouldn't be the standard for grading a quarterback in the NFL, but but here we are. What did you think of Trubisky's performance against the Lions? Well, it is the standard for grading a backup quarterback, and I, I have come to terms with the fact that I think that's what Mitch Trubisky is. He is a backup quarterback in this league. He is not consistent enough. He does not play at a high enough level week in and week out to be a frontline starter. Uh, the Bears showed a year ago they could survive when Mitch Trubisky plays at that 85 to 90 quarterback rating level. But last year they scored a ton of points on defense. They turned people over at record numbers. And if you do not do that, you're not going to be able to win with him as your starting quarterback. And I think it's taken two and a half years to get to this point, but I believe not only are the fans and the media coming to terms with it, but I believe the people in the building are starting to come to terms mm. with it as well. You know, Jeff, uh, you mentioned the frustrations here, and part of the frustration is not just Trubisky, but it's been the line play. They moved Whitehair back to the center position this week. James Daniels bumps back out to the guard spot, as we saw a year ago here. Your thoughts on James Daniels, and if this is a guy, is this a short-term solution, something that can happen, or is that what James Daniels is going to be going for, a guy that can't be that center? Many people thought he was plug-and-play for the next decade. No, I think what's happened here, Trent, is is the Kyle Long injury had a devastating impact on that offensive line. I have a few things to say about the line, but on James Daniels, they just weren't comfortable with a freshman center, essentially, playing next to a rookie right guard, and it was complicating line calls, and they were getting a lot of things wrong that even even three or four weeks into a season, you shouldn't be getting wrong. So they moved Whitehair back there just to stabilize the unit, and I think they played okay against the Lions, but I just want to say something about the offensive line in general which is, have they been great? No. But there are like three or four great offensive lines in the entire league. If you watch Deshaun Watson play football, if you watch Russell Wilson play football, they don't have good line play. No. They almost never have a clean pocket. They make plays with their legs. They extend drives. They throw on the run. They create. That's what you expect from the number two pick in the draft. They, the Bears have a quarterback now who everything has to be perfect. There can be no drops. Every run play has to go for six yards. Every pocket has to be clean. Because if any of those things don't happen, their drives are killed immediately. We are in that place that franchises get when the quarterback can't play, which is everything else gets magnified. No, it's the play calling. No, the defense isn't as good as they were a year ago. Well, the offensive line can protect better. Well, the wide receivers can get more separation. The great quarterback and the number two pick in the draft should be that. 
the great quarterback covers those flaws up. We've seen that around the league, and right now the Bears are struggling for one reason. They don't have a quarterback. Hmm, interesting. Uh, are the Bears going to go, uh, will they be in Atlanta t- to watch uh, Kaepernick this weekend? And if they aren't, if they haven't committed yet, should they be? Because there's a lot of people linking Kaepernick and the Bears certainly as a possible destination. Have you heard if they're going to be there? As of right now, they are not going to be there. But based on the Bears quarterback room, if Trent Condon is having a <laughs> combine day in downtown Des Moines outside a bar, they should be there to look because they do not have a quarterback on this roster that can win them games. And Colin Kaepernick has shown, listen, is he a perfect player? No. And he's been out of the league three years. We have no idea what he is. But I've seen him in playoff games make the Green Bay Packers defense look like Rutgers. And I I, I do believe fully that if this guy's motivated to go out there and show something, man, the Bears need to be there to look and see what it is he's showing. And I think there is no stone that can go unturned for the Bears as they look to find their veteran quarterback for next year because this roster is built. This team is ready to win. Heck, they're 4-5 they're and five right now, and they've got nothing out of the most important position in sports. They should be looking at everybody. Uh, last thing for you, how do you see this game, Jared Goff? Uh, there's a lot of Rams fans in the same place that Bears fans are with Trubisky. Maybe not quite at that level yet, but seemingly they're getting there. How do you see the Sunday nighter? I see a lot of America being asleep by halftime. <laughs> That's first thing. Right. First. I just don't see how these offenses could be productive. There's so many injuries across, across that Rams team. Two-fifths of their starting line got hurt the other day. Uh, the quarterback's not playing well. The running back doesn't look like, like what he used to look like. And the Bears offense can't move the ball. And these are two good defenses. Mm-hmm. This, this just feels like one of those grueling 13-10s where Al Michaels is talking about steakhouses somewhere <laughs> mid-third quarter. And, and listen, I think, I think I'd rather be the Bears right now than the Rams because at least the Bears can recognize they don't have the quarterback and fix it. The Rams are buried. Uh, That contract is inescapable, and they have a lot of money tied up in like four guys. So these are two franchises that were two of the three best teams, I thought, in the league last year. Mm -hmm. And right now they both got huge decisions to make if they're going to turn this around. No doubt. Jeff Hughes to BearsBlog.com. Jeff, thank you. We'll catch up in the weeks to come. Appreciate it. All right, thanks, guys. Good to talk to you, Jeff Hughes. So the, the money tied up is obviously Gurley mm-hmm. and Donald and Goff, and they're about to pay. Did they pay Ramsey, or did that get done, or is that still on the table? I don't they're think they got sure. it done. Yeah, they have to pay him. But I mean, Goff has not turned out. No. Gurley has not turned out. Gurley's, Gurley's not the same player. No, not at all. And he was so good. Mm-hmm. He was Rookie of the year for Cronulla. He was the engine of what they were doing. A lot of people say that because he's hurt, the, the Goff support out there is the fact, well, they, the play action is no longer a threat because defenses know that Todd yeah. Gurley, they don't have to plan for that. Uh, so that, that play action pass is taken out of their playbook. Anyways, let's go to the Vikings. They will host the Broncos. He's Ted Glover, DailyNorseman.com. Uh, Ted, Trent, and Ken, thanks for coming on. How are you? I'm doing good, guys. How are you doing? Doing okay. Uh, suspensions comes out. Let's just start with that. Um, Garrett uh, suspended indefinitely, ser- seriously, uh, minimum rather, till the uh, remainder of the regular season and through the playoffs. Pouncey gets three games. Nothing for Rudolph. Uh, do you think the NFL got it right, at least at this point? Uh, yeah, I'm surprised. I mean, I think if Garrett swings at his girlfriend with a helmet and hits her in the head. He only gets two or three games. Sadly, so, you're right. To judge. Yep, sadly, you're right, um, seemingly. I, you know, um, yeah, I, I didn't see it happen. I saw the, the replays. I, I think 
the NFL needs to send a message. I, they need to be more consistent with sending their messages. But um, just off the top of my head, they they seem appropriate. We'll just see what happens going forward. Well, it certainly didn't uh, linger, which I give them credit for. Yeah. They got out there and, and did so right away. True. Well, let's get into this one. It's the uh, boy. The Vikings finally are going to get their bye week after the Broncos leave town this weekend. Where's Thielen? I mean, I hope he doesn't play. I don't think he needs to play. I would clearly behoove him to you know to miss another week after he tried to come back and what was on the field for maybe a series, maybe targeted once and then missed last week. He's not going to play, is he? No, he he hasn't practiced all week. I, I would be shocked if he does play. I, um, you know, I, I I think you know we talked a couple weeks ago. I think uh, um, the Vikings were kind of in a in a lose lose deal with with Zimmer. Is you know, Thielen said he was okay. The trainer said he was okay. If they hadn't played him, he probably would have gotten ripped for not playing him. And and, and they did play him, and he kind of reaggravated. I, I think the smart move is to keep him out this week, give him an extra week with the bye, and then. Try and get him as ready as possible coming out of the bye against that. It's going to be a big Monday night game against the Seahawks. When we talked last week, Ted, it was all about Kirk Cousins in a primetime matchup, and he gets the victory. So no more doubts, right? You got your guy. Super Bowl, here come the Vikings. Hmm. You know, he's. I don't think you, you erase a narrative that's been established over the course of his career, um, but but you can begin to chip away at it. Mm-hmm. And I thought he had a good game. I, I you know, there, there are people that saying, well, he didn't throw for 300 yards, he didn't do this, he didn't do that. Stop. Yeah, j- j- just stop. I mean, Kirk Cousins played a good football game. One thing that nobody's really talking about are his uh, are his turnovers. He's not turning the ball over this year. He came into the season averaging one turnover a game for his career, a little bit more. Um, in the last five or six weeks, I think, he's thrown one pick, and I think he only has two or three on the whole season. And that one interception he did throw – went right off of Stephon Diggs' hand. So it really wasn't a bad throw. It was just a a, a misplayed catch that had a unlucky bounce. So um, I, I don't have any problems with the way Cousins is playing. And if, and if he can keep this up, um, the Vikings – the Vikings are going to be a, a, a team to, to reckon with come the postseason. I, I'm with you, and they look they they should be Denver. Denver's defense is still like they're not as good as they were in 2015, but they still got a lot of pieces. It's offense. It's the offensive side of the ball where they're really bad. I mean, um, there's Lindsey's not having the year that he had last year. Cortland Sutton's a nice player, but that's about all that they have. Although Fant is starting to come on a little bit. Offensive lines a work in progress, and Brandon Allen's making his second start. So point being is, yeah, they're going up against a good defense, but this is clearly a winnable football game. I would think so. Um, you know, you mentioned Brandon Allen. It's going to be, what, his second or third career start? I think second, um, yeah. Second, okay, second career start. Going into an environment like U.S. Bank Stadium against the defense that they, they had a tough night against uh, against Dak Prescott and the Cowboys offense, but, you know, we're talking Dak Prescott, Amari Cooper, and Ezekiel Elliott. Right. And no disrespect to Denver, those those guys aren't on Denver's offense. No question. I, and they're at home too. I, I mean, I, I just really like I really like the Vikings defense matching up against the Broncos offense. I, I still have a lot of respect for the Broncos defense. I think they're the fourth or fifth ranked defense in the NFL, and it's going to be tough to score when the Vikings get an opportunity in the red zone. They're going to have to convert that into six. But I I think it's going to be a game where Denver is going to be playing from behind early. Um, the Vikings defense is going to be able to pin their ears back. And I think I, 
I think it's going to be a long afternoon for that young quarterback. I do, too. Uh, we will take uh, take a week off. We'll reconvene on Monday with you of that uh, Monday nighter against Seattle. And, boy, you are right. That is a massive spot, no doubt about it. Ted, Daily Norseman is where you can read Ted and all the fine folks over there. Ted Glover, thank you for coming on, as always, Ted. You bet, guys. Have a nice weekend. Yeah, you do the same. Ted Glover, so we take a look at the Bears and then uh, with the Vikings uh, with Ted Glover. All right, Trent. <laughs> Put another thousand dollars to give somebody an opportunity, anyways, to do so. Is this it for this contest? I'm not positive if it goes I... through next week or if this is. It's coming to the end. It is coming to the end. Here's your opportunity right now. This hour's keyword uh, for an opportunity to win a thousand dollars in this national contest is yoga. Text yoga to two hundred two hundred. You'll get a confirmation text and info. Standard data and message rates apply in this nationwide contest. All right, Bama Bob, Trent, and I will go around college football next. We've got Claxon's Barbecue to give away. Our picks as we take you up until noon on Des Moines Sports Station. 14... Keep up with KXNO on Twitter and Facebook. Go to KXNO.com to learn more. From 1460 KXNO. All right, welcome back. Miller and Condon, Des Moines Sports Station. 1460 KXNO with you here until noon. Let's get right to it. Bama Bob joins the program. We will go around some of the marquee games in college football. I'm going to throw in the Iowa State-Texas and the Minnesota-Iowa game, Trent. They belong in that yes. category. Uh, Bama, let's uh, – Miles Garrett suspended for the remainder of the regular season. If there is playoffs uh, for the Browns, he'll miss that. Uh, Pouncey for the Steelers was uh, suspended three games. I think most of that probably had to do with kicking Garrett in the head when he was on the ground. I have no problem with it coming to his quarterback's defense. I think they probably got the kick, and that might be the reason behind the suspension of three for him. Nothing for Mason Rudolph. Your thoughts on the suspensions that were levied? I think they got it totally wrong, Ken. I think Miles Garrett should have got a calendar year for that. Not a year, not the rest of this year. Um, so Listen, game, are you talking game-wise or are you talking about off-season stuff as well? I'm talking about, well, okay, he can go through mini-camp, he can yeah. go through preseason if you want, but I'm talking about he's not allowed in an NFL regular season game for one year. All right. Um, I think you give him a full season. Ken, and you and I know this, maybe some listeners won't. That had the, you remember Rudy Tom John events, mm-hmm, I do. Way back in the day. Yeah. That play, if he Kermit Washington with crown, Yes, if he hits Rudolph with the crown of that helmet, and it is just by sheer luck that he didn't, because you can't tell me he knew what the hell he was doing. Mm. He would have fractured his skull, and we would have been talking about a guy who who knows what we would have been talking about. You absolutely, and I know he's, I know he's a first time offender, and everybody's talking about Vontez Perfect and all this kind of stuff. I get it. But you absolutely cannot have that. It's one thing to swing a helmet at somebody, your own helmet, let's say. It's another one to swing <laughs> it at a guy who's not wearing one. Right. He's six five, two eighty five. He could I mean, it could have been catastrophic. Mm-hmm. And I, I just I, I would have given Pouncey one game. I yeah. mean, because you have to to give him half as much as you gave Garrett. I mean, seriously? No, Pouncey, here's where pa- Pouncey moves up in the eyes of everybody in that locker room for coming to oh, his no doubt. quarterback's absolutely. defense. He absolutely does. Yeah. And I tell you, somebody else I would have given one, I can't remember the guy's name, the one that just goes the into deep, the pile. The, yeah, 65, 65 for the, uh, for the Browns. Yeah, I mean, he said, oh, I'm just coming to my player's defense. No, you didn't. No, uh-uh. You just ran in the back of, Mason, of a helmetless quarterback. You didn't go try to pull people off of Garrett. You just stood there and gave him a cheap shot and stood there and watched. So, 
I, I don't know. I just think they got it all wrong. I would have given Garrett a calendar year. I would have given Pouncey one game because you can't – he threw punches, any kick, but it was a guy who, you know, who had his helmet on or whatever. But to give him half of what you gave Miles Garrett is just atrocious. Well, then that's only for now. They're still, as they said, uh, at least for the rest of the season, they're going to readdress this, so maybe there's more to come. But we got to move on, so. Bama. I hope so. Yeah, we've yep. got a lot of ground yep. to cover, so let's get to it, shall we, as we take a look at some of these uh, games coming up this weekend. And I guess where we should start is, um, well, let's start early in the morning. Let's go to the Big Ten. Michigan State and Michigan. Trent, I'll start with you. This game, who's Bill Bender, I think, told us early in the week that lacks a ton of buzz from normally where this yeah, game is. Yeah, no doubt. How do you see this game? Is it going to be a good game? I don't think so. I think it's going to be pretty boring, ugly. That Michigan State offense is putrid. Against the Michigan defense, that is still pretty good. Mm-hmm. And they're finding things out offensively. Is this the last time D'Antonio coaches against Harbaugh? I, I think that certainly that plan is in place. They're working through that. And you're hearing more and more, and the Michigan State beat writers up there, talking about what is the succession plan? What is going to happen mm-hmm. here? How is this going to end? But I think you're right. I think you know, 24-3. 27-10, just kind of a boring November, cold, and not a whole lot of Spartan offense. How about you, Bammy? Is there any intrigue in this one for you? None. <laughs> I mean, Michigan's out of it. Michigan State's been putrid, a four-game losing streak. Uh, we talked about the whole, you know, uh, Trent talked about, you know, Mark D'Antonio, which is a shame because I think he's been good for that for that school. Uh, and, and, you know, hell, he had him in the, in the playoff one year, um, which, you know, Michigan hasn't sniffed under Harbaugh. So, I don't know. This we remember that well. Mi- mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, this is just a must-win for Michigan. Um, you know, coming off the Maryland-Notre Dame wins, bye week, all that kind of thing. Um, give them a little momentum. Remember a couple of weeks ago, it was all talk about Harbaugh and the NFL exit strategy. Now it's kind of flipped to the other sideline. So I- I'm with Trent. I think this one's dull. Um, this this game, you're right, the buzz, the lack of it. I mean, what was it, two, three years ago? I can't remember. Was it the block punt or the fake punt or something at the end of it? The, this, the crazy ending. I can't remember which one, which year it was, but this is usually a pretty good game. And I just don't think it's going to be tomorrow. All right, maybe the old, maybe this one will move your needle. I'm guessing that it will. Georgia going on the road and taking on Auburn. <laughs> Bama, both of these teams love to play defense. Yeah, they do, and they're both pretty good at it. Auburn has, I think, one of the best defensive front fours in the country, clearly. Uh, they've got three guys who are going to play on Sunday, could be playing on Sunday right now. Um, but you know, look, it's their offense. It's, it's Bo Nix. He, he, I don't want to say he's regressed maybe, but he hasn't improved. And I think a lot of that's to do with his head coach. That's the knock on Malzahn is that offense. He runs, he makes no adjustments. He's terrible at in-game adjustments. Once you figure it out, you figured it out and there's really nowhere else to go. I don't know. I think both these teams are going to come out. At least they're saying so. I think Auburn can only play one way. Georgia's saying, hey, you know what? We're, we're going to line up. We're going to run the football. We know they're good, but we think we can be more physical with them. Now, if they're actually going to try that strategy, it might blow up in their face because I'm not sure they're going to be able to run. But they got more playmakers. They clearly have a better quarterback. I think they got a better coach. They have more on the line without question because they cannot drop another game. Mm-hmm. I don't think a two loss, even if they were to beat LSU in the SEC championship, I'm not sure a two loss. Georgia gets into the playoff. Mm, and here's the crazy thing, Ken. That I mean, I don't think it would, but it's possible if everything broke right, if a two-loss Georgia won the SEC, that the SEC could get shut out of the playoff. Who are you going to put in? 
<laughs> LSU that just lost, Alabama that didn't get there, or Georgia with two losses. I mean, I think it's remote, but it could happen. Turn on the line for Georgia. I like the Bulldogs in the game, even as a two-and-a-half-point favorite. You like this game, Trent? I agree with absolutely everything that Bama said, except for the last part. LSU's getting in. No, 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 no. About this game. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Something funky is going to happen here. It's it's almost like the SEC is in this tight bow, and if Georgia runs the table and then they beat their mm-hmm, in, mm-hmm. I, I just I have this sneaking suspicion really? that Melzahn's going to ugly this thing up and win some stupid. 16-15 game on a late field goal. Just something ridiculous like that. I think it's going to be low scoring, and I don't think Georgia is going to play the way they should play in this game. Auburn will get it up and maybe win this thing outright. Well, then Auburn's got another chance, too, in two yes, weeks to come do. back and win the Iron Bowl. Uh, Trent, we'll stay with you. Look, Wake Forest felt, uh, I can't believe that this game against Clemson had a chance to be decent, mm-hmm. right? Wake Forest, so much on the line, then they get beat last week. So They're a bad football team. I mean, it's a bad conference. Is it going to be close? No. No. This is another clubbing. Clemson, credit to Clemson, though. They easily, remember Florida State after the national championship and sleptwalk that entire year with Jameis uh, the following season. And they got in, and they were undefeated, but they were just playing terribly. Clemson started slow, but they're playing good they football are. now. That's true. Over the last month, even against bad teams, you have to give some kind of credit to that for Clemson. Uh, let me rephrase this for you then, Bam. I'm more likely to watch Michigan, Michigan State, or Wake Forest and Clemson, or at least a few plays. Uh, does, this oh. ga- does this game do anything for you? No, not much. I mean, <laughs> listen, it, it held a little bit of intrigue if, if they hadn't lost last week because, let's face it, you know, Trevor Lawrence gets hurt, whatever. Yeah. All of a sudden, you know, they win the game. They're 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 in control, mm-hmm. and they're going to knock Clemson out of the playoff. Clemson knows they have no margin for error. I mean, that's why I think you saw them. We talked about it last week. That's why they scored with half a minute to go against NC State. Um, they know they got nothing, and they're in a terrible conference. And they got to win, and they got to win impressively. Uh, and I think that I certainly think that. Well, I don't know what the line is. It's thirty four and a half, or or whatever Crazy. it is, but. Um, listen, this game, I think it's not, I don't think it's going to be close. Uh, I don't, I don't think it would have been close even had Wake won. But I mean, Clemson, like Trent said, they've been getting better. You really line up the numbers and they're not a lot different than they were last year mm-hmm. when they were the consensus number one. Stat wise, it's just they're playing in such a crappy conference yep. and everybody is looking at that North Carolina game going, wow, what was up with that? Well, what they forget is, they had Syracuse the same thing, I think, last year, whenever it was. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it's just one of those things that they're, they're getting better. Nobody's talking about them. They know that they know they have to win, and if they do win, they're in. So they'll take care of business handily. This game's not close in the second half, I don't believe. Uh, Bama, the Gophers uh, had a huge, huge jump, as we talked about on Wednesday, from nine uh, from uh, 17 all the way up to eight, a nine-point jump. Yet, for some reason, uh, this Iowa team who's, you know, they're they're – uh, hopes of winning their division. They've gone out the window. Minnesota's yep. so much to play for, Bama. I just don't know how Minnesota is going to be on the high that they had to be to beat Penn State last week. I don't know if that can carry over. It's a great trophy game. Maybe it's the best trophy in all of college sports. I think it probably is. Um, you got that rivalry, so that's all on the line. But, man, I just don't know how Minnesota can get up the way they're going to need to, I think. That's why I give Iowa a big chance in this game. How do you see it? Yeah, I kind of – I'm leaning with you, Ken, because, listen, Iowa's offense has been pretty bad, pretty vanilla, not a lot of playmakers. We talked about it, you know, Monday, I believe it was. 
can how can Tanner Morgan play any better than he Can't. did last week? I don't think he can. And so if he plays, you know, seventy percent of what he played against Penn State, is that going to be enough? It might be because those two wideouts are problems. Oof. I mean, they are just they are. You can't double both of them, as the, as the expression goes. So which one are you going to take away? Probably Bateman. But, you know, Johnson, he's what, 6'2", 6'3", yep. 200 pounds? I mean, big wingspan, all the catch radius, all the buzzwords, everything else. I guess it, this is a tough game for, for Minnesota, I think, to bounce back off that high. Um, but like you said, I mean, you know, Iowa rivalry game, love the trophy. I mean, I agree with you. Maybe the best trophy, mm-hmm. most underrated trophy in sports. Um, I do like the axe. Yeah, that's um, good. I mean, I, I, I just, I don't know. I don't know where to go with this. On, on paper, it looks like Minnesota because Iowa's offense has been so bad, but I would lean, I give, I give Iowa a puncher's chance in this to really, to really kind of screw up the Big Ten and, and make some chaos. Uh, Trent, I'm going to guess you'll give them more than a puncher's chance. I, I think so. I think this is just going to come down to the wire. I, I don't feel confident enough to say I was going to win this game. Now, this is going to be a good football game. This is not going to be, oh, I was never seen anything like what Minnesota is going to do for them. It's not going to be anything like that. And PJ Flex still has plenty of motivation. They haven't won in Kinnick Stadium in two decades. Right. They, it's literally been two decades. They are an underdog in this football. Uh-huh. He can use that one. How about this? The last time they led in Kinnick Stadium, 2003. Are you kidding me? During this two decade run, <laughs> during this two, they have led by a total of two minutes. And twenty one seconds. I, I did not know that. This has been I think domination that again. Tomorrow, <laughs> I think it does. Yeah, <laughs> it has yeah. been absolute domination, time in and time out. There's been some decent games, but normally when Minnesota makes a run, it's up north of the border. This one, he's got plenty of ammunition here. I don't see a flat spot out of the Gophers. All right, let's let's kind of speed things up. We got three games and then our sneaky good game to get to. Trent, Texas, Iowa State. I included this game. Uh, Texas, I thought they would win the conference. They're not going to. Iowa State, if it would have should have last week. And it's got a chance to be a really good football game. I think so too. No, I'm I'm right there with you. And I think the health of the Texas defense. Some people are missing just how banged up they once were. And Colin Johnson, as Dylan alluded to, is is got a I think he said a hamstring. Uh, yes, yeah. and is iffy for this football game. Defense, the safety position, getting healthier, linebacker spot better for Texas. Mm-hmm. I think this is going to be a good game, an interesting game. The seven seems almost like too much. I think another one that we talk about coming down to the fourth field quarter. goal for you. But Iowa State wins it. Iowa State gets it done. Uh, how do you see this one, Bama? Yeah, the seven was t- was interesting for me too. I mean, you don't see that very often. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I would have thought maybe three for the home right. field, otherwise, kind of a toss up, but. I mean, listen, Texas is a whisker away from coming in on a four-game losing streak. I mean, Kansas, Kansas State, they've had to pull out both at home. They don't play well on the road. Iowa State, you know, where's their head after that? I mean, they could have, should have, would have, like you said, last week against Oklahoma. Um, I like to – I, I tend to lean Cyclones in this game. I'll, I'll say, though, Texas still has a lot to play for. I mean, yeah, they're alive. You know, they, yeah, they need Oklahoma, oddly enough, to beat Baylor, and then they do the same next week, and all of a sudden, I think they're in the Big Twelve title game. How do you see? Um, how do you so, see Oklahoma, Baylor, Bama? Let's let's get to that one. Uh, ba- but I don't uh, know how Baylor's done it. I, I think it comes to an end. Do I you? Don't either. I, I do. Um, listen, I think they just have. If Jalen Hurts doesn't do anything stupid, uh, like he did last week, you know, on that last drive, and gave Iowa State a chance last week, I think Oklahoma too much talent. Love Baylor's defense. Like mm-hmm. you said, you, you got to give them credit. Don't know how they're doing it. Don't watch them a lot. I'll be honest with you. 
you know, you, you see the highlights, you read the recaps, you study the numbers, all that type of thing. Perch and Lamb are the difference to me. Mm-hmm. I don't think, I don't, they haven't seen anybody like C.D. Lamb yet, I don't believe. And Hurts, I still say there's a problem when your quarterback is your leading rusher on your team. By a lot. Uh, good, you buy a ton, exactly. Good defenses and good coordinators can scheme to take that away. That said, what, 6'2", 220, whatever he is, he's, he's bigger than your normal running back is. Uh, and you still have to honor the pass when he has it. But I think it comes, I don't know about the 10 and a half, but I think it comes to an end tomorrow for Baylor. How about you, Trent? Everything that my eyeballs and statistically I see is say Oklahoma all day long. Something's goofy happening here, though, with Baylor. I, I, I guess I give him a shot just because of that. Don't love him, but... Uh, I hope we see a good game there for the Bears. Side. I do too. So, Chan, let's go to this one. And the reason I put Navy and Notre Dame in here, I love the matchup. I'm, I'm going to abstain from this one. It's part of my picks coming up. Oh, is it? it and, is. and so, let me just let me um, pick your brain a little bit. The point spread has dropped significantly from, in Navy's favor from ten and a half to seven and a half. That's a big jump. See, I thought I saw some elevens when it first came. Yeah, out. Yeah, absolutely. And now that that's a big swing there, coupled with. The first non-sellout Notre Dame Stadium yeah. in a long time. Weird stuff happening with Notre Indeed. Dame. Indeed. Well, we'll wait for your picks, and you've got to go second, because I, I got you last week. <laughs> <laughs> it was easy to get me last week. Well, yeah, first time since September. <laughs> Anyways, uh, Bama, I like this game tomorrow. I mean, I'm not going to see much of it. It's one thirty in the afternoon, uh, maybe a little bit of it. Um, Navy, Notre Dame, Bama. Yeah, I love this game. I'm with you, Ken. And I love it when Navy's got a chance, and they got a chance. Yep. Um, you mentioned the sellout streak. Swarbrick, the AD, came out and tried to make excuses for it. Oh, well, you know, three November game. Well, you know, you know, spare me, okay? <laughs> the reason is the apathy surrounding Brian Kelly. Yeah. I mean, that's just the, that's the bottom line of it. And I think the other reason is maybe some Notre Dame fans know that Navy has a shot. Um, listen, Navy should – I mean, Notre Dame should never under any circumstances lose to Navy. That said, not so sure it's not going to happen tomorrow. I yeah. mean, they're a one-trick pony, but, man, they run that trick really, really well. And you can't – we've talked about it a hundred times. You, if You can't replicate it in practice. You absolutely can't do that because you're never going to run it as good as they do. Uh, you can study all the film you want. It's just about discipline. That's all it is against the triple option is gap discipline and, and doing your job, as Nick Saban would like to say. I had to get my Saban reference on. <laughs> but I just think that – I give Notre Dame. I'm sorry. I give Navy a puncher's chance. I I would love nothing more than to see them walk off Notre Dame Stadium tomorrow with a win. I just think it'd be. I think it would be a great story nationally, and that's nothing against necessarily Notre Dame. I just think it'd be a great story if it happened. Yeah, we'll see. I think it's going to be. Um, I, I hope it's a good game too. Well, Trent's going to pick it coming up. All right, to Bama. We'll start with you real quick. Bama sneaky good game is what? Uh, it's not Ohio State at Rutgers. Ohio State favored by fifty. Two points, Ken. Uh, but I'm going to go early. I'm going to go 11 o'clock, ABC, Indiana at Penn State. Where is Penn State's head? Interesting. Looking forward to Ohio State a little bit. Indiana, 7-2. and two. Mm. I know they, listen, big win for them at Nebraska. No, Nebraska's not great. Indiana can play. I think this has got a chance. You're going to be looking at the crawl maybe as it goes along and go, huh. Better get maybe to ABC. over and take ABC, have to keep your eye on that one a little bit. How about you, Trent? Uh, for me, early window, 208, Tulane, going uh-huh. up against Temple. Yeah, I love the American Athletic Conference. <laughs> it's better than your crappy and, Pac-12. And you can you knock me for matching during the week. 
And you can't get enough of uh, Temple and Tulane. My Sneaky God. good game. That's what All you're right. looking for. That's what I am looking for. Here's where I went. Fresno State and San Diego State. You know why? I wanted to talk myself into tonight's going to be good. This is really the last Friday of college football. And Fresno State, San Diego State's going to be an edge of your cedar. I'm trying to talk myself into it because I know I'm going to watch it. Bama, I know we're going to talk on Monday at 11 o'clock. We'll recap what we see tomorrow. Have a wonderful weekend, Bama Bob. Thank you. You guys as well, and have fun with the uh, games this weekend. Big, big weekend for the state of Iowa, hosting two primetime marquee games. No Good doubt about it. Going to go two and zero as well. Thanks, Bama Bob. Appreciate it. Hope so. All right. Take care. Good to guys. talk to you. Follow Bama on Twitter at Bama Bob Trent right now. Claxons. It's time to do it. Dial it up right now at two eight four five nine six six. We give you four games. You give us our picks, and the winner takes away thirty five dollars to Claxons. 25 to second place. Indeed. We'll give you a tiebreaker as well. We'll use the Iowa and the Iowa State game. We'll use the Oklahoma and the Baylor game. What was the other one? Oh, Wisconsin and Nebraska finds a way to make its appearance in Claxons. We will take our first four contestants. If you're getting a ring, that means you are in. 1460. Holiday 50. Des Moines Sports Station. 1460 KXNO. All right, welcome back, Miller and Condon. Down the Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. Let's get right to it. Claxon's Barbecue, 3131 8th Street, Southwest in Altoona. We've got four games in a tiebreaker. If you get the most right, you'll get $35 gift certificate. The runner-up, 25. Tony, Jason, Casey, and Rick in that order. Tony goes first. Tony, how was your week? My week was good. How about you guys? Just fine, thank you. Here's the games. Good. Iowa, a three-and-a-half-point favorite over Minnesota. Minnesota. Iowa State, a seven-and-a-half-point favorite over Texas. Iowa State. Oklahoma, ten-and-a-half at Baylor. Oklahoma. Wisconsin, 14-and-a-half-point favorite in Lincoln tomorrow. Wisconsin. Here's the tiebreaker, Tony. Closest without going over. Total points in Sunday's Broncos-Vikings NFL game. 49. 49. Tony, have a good weekend. You too. Thank you. Uh, Jason is next. Hi, Jason. How are you? Good. Uh, Iowa's a three-and-a-half point favorite over the Gophers. Iowa. Clones give seven-and-a-half to the Longhorns. Longhorn. Oklahoma, 10.5-point favorite at Baylor. Oklahoma. Wisconsin, 14.5, taking on Nebraska. Wisconsin. Total points, Vikings, Broncos, closest without going over. 31. Thank you, Jason. Have a good weekend. You too. Thank you. Casey is with Miller and Condon. Hey, Casey. Hey, good morning. I was a 3.5-point favorite over Minnesota. Key turnover is going to seal the victory for the Hawks. All right. Iowa State, 7.5 over Texas. Being a Hawkeye fan, you have to say, suck it, clones. Go Texas. <laughs> Never ends the rivalry, does it? Uh, Oklahoma, 10.5 at Baylor, Casey. Well, let's go Oklahoma on that one. I'm anxious to hear this next pick. Wisconsin, 14.5 at Nebraska. You know, I... I hate Nebraska more. Uh, you know, we're supposed to hate Wisconsin, but they're all right in my book, and I hope they kill the Huskers. <laughs> all right. So you're taking Wisconsin lane 14 and a half. Total points, Vikings, Broncos, closest without going over. It's going to be 37. 37. Casey, have a good weekend. Thanks, dude. Thank you. I need to isolate the audio there. Suck it, clones. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh, that Never was ends the rivalry. It doesn't. 
And he uh, he hates Wisconsin and Nebraska. He hates Nebraska more. <laughs> Easy way to pick names, right? Is that the consensus, do you think, now in this? I do. I think it's a consensus. Really Here, good. perhaps. Here? Okay. Uh, Rick is our final contestant. Rick, thanks for being patient. How are you? I'm doing well. How are you guys? Doing today? fine. I was a three-and-a-half-point favorite over Minnesota. I'm going to take the Hawkeyes. All right. Iowa State, seven-and-a-half over Texas. We'll go Texas on that. Oklahoma, ten-and-a-half at Baylor. I'm going to take Baylor on that. Taking Baylor in the points. Wisconsin, 14-and-a-half at Nebraska. Yeah, I hate Nebraska. Let's go Wisconsin. <laughs> uh, total points. Broncos, Vikings, closest without going over. Uh, let's go 42. 42. Rick, have a good weekend. Thank you. You guys do the same. Thank you very much. Appreciate you listening and participating. Claxons 31-31, Southwest 8th Street in Altoona. We've got Mark Charter before our picks, Trent. We do. Here we go. Mark Charter's Best Bets, brought to you by Charter House Real Estate. Make your best bet by calling Charter House. Stop paying 6 to 7% to sell your home. Charter House offers a full-service real estate experience while saving you thousands. Find out your savings at charterhouseiowa.com. Hey, everybody. Mark here. Finally coming off a winning week. Last week going 2-1, and one and it feels so good. We're going to hope to continue it this week with three new picks. All three are going to be in the college game. We are going to start by heading to Rutgers, the toilet bowl of college football. And we are going to take the Ohio State Buckeyes minus 52.5. Yes, that spread is huge, but Ohio State should win this game. Uh, easily scoring 63 points or more, um, should they even try. So give us Ohio State minus 52.5. Moving from there to the Big 12, we're going to take the Kansas Jayhawks plus 17.5 against Okie State. Yes, Kansas is up and down. They battled well against Texas and a few other teams, and they've also come out flat. We're hoping that they can at least keep this one close, which I predict that they will. Kansas plus 17 and a half. Wrapping up, we're going to take the Baylor Bears plus 10 at Oklahoma. I think Baylor has a shot to win this game outright. 10 feels like too much. Baylor has a good script from Iowa State on how to beat the Sooners, and I expect they will use it. Take Baylor plus 10. Thanks and good gambling. That's Mark Charter's best bets. Now, back to Ken and Trent with their picks. Presented by Charter House Real Estate. All right, thank you, Mark. Trent, it's time for us to get into ours. I have the tee box for the first time since September. I'm not going to go long as we're running out of show. Uh, I uh, am with you. I think you talked about it earlier, Michigan and Michigan State. I think Michigan's going to pound them. I really do. I think D'Antonio's coaching this game for the last time. Lay the 13.5, take Michigan. In a defensive battle, Georgia versus Auburn. Auburn playing spoiler. Georgia, the number 4 ranked team in the college football playoff. I'll take Georgia. I think they have more talent. Laying only 2.5, those are my two college picks. I will get back to you with my best bet in college football. Into the pros, New Orleans. I think you can draw a line through that game last week against Atlanta. Tampa is playing better, but I'll lay the five and a half and take Drew Brees and the Saints. And then finally, the Cowboys. I don't believe Stafford's going to play for Detroit. Cowboys, four and a half is the number there. Give me the Cowboys on the road at Detroit. My best bet is in the Big 12. K-State's been one of those remarkable stories in college football, I think. Ah, maybe remarkable's a little too over the top. But you know what? Nobody picked them to be as good as they are, and they are. Uh, West Virginia's down. 13.5 is the number there. I'll lay it. K-State, best bet over West Virginia. Trent! Thank you, Ken. All right, let's get going here. and We're going to start. We're going to flip around after an ugly, ugly performance last week. We're going NFL first, and we are going to the state of Florida for a two-pack of dogs. We start with the Jacksonville Jaguars. I'm out. You know all my Colts futures that I have out there? <laughs> yeah, I do. I'm going to start buying back on them, and I'm starting this week 
with the Jacksonville Jaguars. Get the field goal against the Colts. We'll see with Brissett what's going to happen with him. But Jacksonville gets Foles back. This is a team still out there hanging around. I'll grab the field goal and the Jacksonville Jaguars. Pick number two. Yeah, I'm that guy. This is a real football team. The Miami Dolphins have a pulse. And I'm going to grab them in the six and a half with Buffalo come to town. Look, their playoff dreams won't be over if they would lose this football game. But it would take a serious, serious blow. I'm going to grab the six and a half in the Dolphins. Also, some sevens starting to pop out there. If you're jumping on my side with Miami this weekend. To the college game we go. And we go to the SEC first. That is where Missouri hosts Florida. Like the Gators, just think they're better. Six and a half is the number. Might be chilly. Kelly Bryant, even if he plays, he is not right. I'm going to grab Florida with pick number one. Pick number two, Navy Notre Dame. Told you this was part of my picks. Love this game. Loved it a lot more when it was a 10 and a half or 11. But I'm jumping aboard still with the midshipman, seven and a half. Anytime this point spread has been condensed, Navy's not only covered. They have won three mm. of the last four. Jump aboard here. A little dusting on that money line, too. Give me the midshipman plus seven and a half in my best bet. We're going against the public. We're going against trends. We're going against everything. Old Miss is playing better football. LSU, after that historic win, has to go to Old Miss. It's in Oxford. Yep. Third, 21 and a half, three touchdowns. I like this number a lot. Going to finish up with Old Miss, my best bet, plus 21 and a half. Ken! We're about out of show for the we week. We are out of show. You have no high school football tonight, but you'll be back for the championship game next week. Back for the championship game. Going to be providing updates this afternoon over here at KXNO. Also sitting in with Murph and Andy. So a busy afternoon shaping up here today. Good stuff. Well, we appreciate you being here. If you haven't already done so and you want to win tickets to Illinois and Iowa, it's simple. Go to KXNO.com. Click the contest tab. Uh, simply use the total points in this week's Iowa-Wisconsin game closest without going over. If that's you, we'll give you a pair of tickets to see Illinois and Iowa next week, courtesy of our friends, Dr. Stephen Fuller, fullerdental.net. Murph and Andy with Trent Condon filling in for AD at 2 o'clock, then the Fanatics at 4 tomorrow morning at 8 o'clock. Don't miss it. It's the Saturday morning pregame. Emery Songer, Sean Roberts will entertain you tomorrow from 8 until 10. Appreciate you spending at least part of your week with Trent tonight. We're every Monday through Friday from 10 to noon. Miller and Condon on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXN.